Ooh, you caught that. God is good. And all the time. Oh my goodness, Jesus is awesome. Amen. So, um, yeah, welcome to Elevate. This is uh, what we do Friday nights. We love Jesus. We love worshiping God. We love jumping around. We love dancing. We love doing all that crazy stuff. Why? Because God set us free. He's awesome. We don't care about your opinion, what you think. We care about God's opinion, what he thinks. Amen. That's what we live for. That's what we're about. And uh, tonight, without further ado, we're going to be talking about uh, basically fear and power. We're going to be in a little bit of a series this next month uh, of April. Um, As a matter of fact, if we can all open up our Bibles to 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It's going to be an awesome time in the presence of God. How many of you guys were blessed by that time of worship? Whew. I'm telling you guys, there's more of that. Where, uh, there's more of that. There's more, there's more where that came from. There we go. Um, amen. Amen. Again, 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7. Before we read it out, though, I just want to encourage you guys tonight um, have an open heart. Amen. I believe God can really do something amazing in this room with each and every one of you, but you have to open up your heart. You have to say, God, I'm willing. God, I'm listening. Lord, I'm here for you. Because see, here's the thing. If you're not here for God, if you're not here to encounter God, if you're not here because of Jesus, then you've already missed it. You've already missed it. You're already wasting your time. You might as well get, get up out of your seat, walk outside the door, play uh, Fortnite, you know, hit up a friend, whatever you want to do, okay? But don't be here because if, if your heart isn't open to the Holy Spirit right now, you're going to miss everything. See, during that time of worship, I didn't see everybody jumping, right? I didn't see everybody dancing, everybody worshiping God. Why? Because people aren't free in this place. Because people aren't opening up their hearts to the Holy Spirit and they've already missed an opportunity in front of them. The good news is there's more opportunities as we proceed through the night. But I'm telling you guys, you don't want to be a a, a lump on a log, a stump on a log, and just sit there and not encounter God in this place. His presence is here. Amen. And I mean that with all of my heart. His presence is here. And when his presence comes, guys, that changes everything. Doesn't matter what you're going through, doesn't matter what you've experienced, doesn't matter how bad or good your week was this, this past, you know, this past week that just went by. Okay, guys, God is here. And he can do something amazing in this place if you allow him, if you want him, if you want breakthrough in your life, if you want freedom, if you want to encounter the power of God, which is what we're going to be talking about. If you want to meet this Jesus that we're talking about, that we're dancing up here for, I'm telling you guys, you can if you want to. Amen. So with that being said, let's all bow our heads and close our eyes. Just want to open up in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. Lord, we ask you that you would have your way, Lord, that you would just minister to each and every person in this room, Lord. We wait on you, God. We wait on your presence, Lord. We thank you that you're here in this place, Lord God. Lord, we just make room for you in this place right now, God. We're honored to, to, to have you here with us, Lord God. We're honored to have you visit us, Lord God, even when we don't deserve it, Lord God. Even when we don't deserve it, Lord God, you come with your presence, God. God, we're honored to be with you, Lord God, right now. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, there he is in their midst. So God is already present. He's already here, guys. It's an honor to have God in this room right now. So, Lord, we give you the honor. We give you the glory, Lord God. We respect you, Lord. We honor your name in this place, God. Come and speak to us, Lord. We open up our hearts to you, God, and and, and to what you want to say to us, Lord. We're listening. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. Again, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. This is the 
uh, verse we're going to be reading from uh, in this next month of April. Very straightforward, very simple. Um, I'm going to go ahead and read it out now. Verse 7 says, For the Spirit of God gave, for the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. I'm going to read that one more time. For the Spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And tonight I'm going to be focusing specifically on that word power. A few things that I want us to know, a few things I want us to notice from this verse here is that the Spirit of God, it it doesn't do something in our lives. It doesn't give us something. Another translation says uh, the Spirit of God does not give us a spirit of fear. In this translation, it says the word timid. Basically the same thing. When we have God, we're not supposed to be timid. We're not supposed to be afraid. God does not give us fear. Fear does not come from God. If you have fear in your heart, If you're afraid of people, if you're afraid of things, if there is fear in your heart, in your life, that's not from God. That doesn't come from God. God does not give people fear. He doesn't make people uh, fearful. Instead, he gives them power. He makes them bold as lions. So fear doesn't come from God. God does not give us fear. The, the, The spirit that God gave us does not make us timid. And I just want to Make a little side note here and, uh, while we're on the subject of fear and, and timidity. See, guys, when we go into our school as believers, as disciples, we're not called to have the spirit of fear. We're not called to be little timid Christians that are hiding in the corner. That's not God. That's not who God called us to be, and that's not what God's trying to give us. God's not trying to give you a timid little fearful spirit in your school so that you get pimp slapped by every atheist and every unbelieving person that believes in all these other worldly concepts. As a believer, as a disciple, you have the answer. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and you are called not to be afraid and fearful, but instead to have power when you walk in that school. Have power when you're with your unsafe family that doesn't know Christ. Have power when you're with your, when, when, when you, wherever you are, whether it's your job, your, your, your school, with your family, wherever you're walking, wherever you're going, you're not supposed to have the spirit of fear. You're supposed to have power in the inside of you, authority. God doesn't want you to be timid. He doesn't want you hiding behind uh, this and that and, and, and scared somewhere in the corner. That is not what God has called you to do. So if you're afraid, if you go to your school and you're, you're a little bit timid, you're a little bit afraid to talk about Jesus, and, and when somebody's talking that, hey, man, uh, X, Y, and Z, man, you know, sinning is okay, pornography is okay, you know, uh, lusting and greed and perversion and uh, smoking, that, that's all good, that's fine. When people are saying all that stuff, you got to stand up and say, no, no, wait, I, I, don't, I actually don't believe that. I believe what the Bible says. You need to take a stand and not be afraid, not be timid, because that doesn't come from Jesus. God wasn't a fearful person. God said a lot of things that would make most of us in this room just kind of get a little shocked, like, oh, snap, God talked that way? Jesus who died on the cross? Like, yes, he did talk that way. He rebuked people. He rebuked people that were in sin. He rebuked people that were not living according to God's word and his standard. Why? Because he loved them, and he had something better in store for them. So don't be afraid when you leave this place. Be, be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Be bold. Don't be timid. Don't hide in the shadows. Talk to people about the Lord. Amen. So God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. Fear doesn't come from the Lord. But what does come from God? He gives us a spirit of power. He gives us power. Now where does power come from? Who's giving the power? It's not a hard question. 
For the, for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us Come on, guys. Y'all playing me right now. But gives us power. Amen. Power comes from God. Power comes from the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. That's where power comes from. Now, why is that important? Because I'll tell you where power doesn't come from. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from your talent. It doesn't come from your abilities. It doesn't come from your personality. It doesn't come from you. You have no power. You are powerless. You can do nothing. You have no power whatsoever on the inside of you. If you want power, you need to go to the Holy Spirit and ask him to fill you up with that power. But you can't do it on your own. You don't have power on your own. God is the one who gives the power and supplies you with that power. Now, sometimes in my own personal life, that's good news because I don't always feel powerful. You might say to yourself, well, Lawrence, you're always shouting at me. You should, you should. I bet you're always powerful everywhere you're walking around shouting at everybody. No, I'm not like that, okay? I, 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 there's different times in my, in my life where, you know, something goofy happens, you know, situations come up, circumstances, and I don't feel very powerful. I don't feel very strong. I don't feel very motivated, or I don't feel very uh, just full of this, this power and authority, right? And a lot of times when I don't feel that way, there's good news because I know I can go to the Holy Spirit and he'll give me the power that I need to make it through, to keep going. But if I tried to rely on my own power, on my own strength, guys, I would fail miserably. The only reason why I'm still standing here today, a believer, saved, loving Jesus, is because God's power has been put inside of me. And that's what I live off of. That's what supplies my strength. That's what supplies my boldness. Some of you guys are timid and afraid in your school because you have no power of God on the inside of you whatsoever because you're not being filled with the Holy Spirit. So it's no wonder why you don't even want to take a stand for Jesus. It's because you're not even filled with the Holy Spirit. You're not even filled with his power. That's why it's so easy to fall into sin. That's why it's so easy to backslide. That's why it's so easy to fall prey to whatever temptation the devil throws at you doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what kind of flavor of sin it may be, guys. All the devil has to do is throw it your way, and there you go. You're powerless before the enemy because you're not being filled with the power of God. If you don't have the power of God on the inside of you, you're going to fall prey for everything the devil's throwing at you. As a matter of fact, if we can turn to Romans 5, uh, chapter 5, verse 6. Oscar, if you can put that up very quickly. The Bible makes it clear that if we do not have Jesus Christ in our hearts, we are powerless. Powerless. You see, at just the right time, when you were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. You are powerless when it comes to sin. You have no power or authority over the temptation that you face. Whatever it may be, it could be homosexuality. It could be drug addiction. It could be bitterness or anger. Whatever it may be, guys, if, if you, you are powerless to that and have no authority over that, you're powerless. But here's the good news. You see, at just the right time, while you were still powerless over your sin and over your temptation, that's when God chose to die for you. Christ died for the ungodly. So I want to make a very clear distinction here tonight Without Christ, you have no power over your sin. 
That's why our city is in the state that it's in. It doesn't matter what sin it is. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, whatever. If God's not in the picture, it's going to be destroyed. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. It's all leading to death. It's all leading to destruction. So if God isn't a part of your life, guess what? You're going to have a crappy marriage. Guess what? You're going to have messed up kids. Guess what? Your life is going to be miserable. Guess what? You're going to be depressed. You're going to cheat on your wife. You're going to cheat on your husband, guys. When Christ is not in the picture, that is what happens. Why would you say such a thing, Lawrence? Why? Because you're powerless. You can't help but to sin. You can't help but to be immoral. You can't help but to cheat, but to gossip, but to give in into lies and, 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 and blasphemy and just all these slandering people around you. You can't help it. You, 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 go, you can go to a counseling session. You can, you can take some little medication that does some stuff for your brain, but at the end of the day, you're still going to be busted. You're still going to be broken. You're still going to be powerless whenever that anger comes up inside of your heart, and it takes over because you don't have any power over it. That's why you get into fights. That's why you beat people up. That's why you take a little phone out and start recording, you know, oh, friend, you know, here, I'm going to beat this dude up. I'm going to show him who's, you know, who's whatever. And then you, 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 you film the video, then you post it on YouTube, then it gets, you, know, you get YouTube famous or whatever, and now you're known for this guy who starts fights or whatever, right? Guys, you're powerless towards that without Christ. But despite us being powerless, God died on the cross so that we can be powerful Christ died for the ungodly. You can go back to 2 Timothy. And so for me as a Christian, it's good news that God gives me power. Because sometimes I don't feel very powerful and I don't feel very strong. But in those times, guess what? I lean on the Holy Spirit. And he gives me power. And he, and he motivates me. And he gives me energy. And he gives me passion to live holy. He gives me passion and fire to, to reach out to the hurting. He, he, he puts the fire inside of me to care about people I normally wouldn't care about. Hello, somebody. Sometimes we just don't care about people. We got to be honest. We got to stop acting as if there are society. We just care for everybody. We just love everybody. No, that's, that's, that's nonsense. You really don't care about anybody. You just want to post on Facebook, post a little hearts or, you know, change your flag when a country like is experiencing a natural disaster or something like, guys, that's meaningless. You really don't care about them at the end of the day. Okay. It, it's, it's really not, you know, but, but, but God, he gives us the power and the ability to actually care about people. Some of you guys still don't believe me. Let me tell you what, you could change your profile picture to, you know, whatever. Man, there, there was, it's, it's sad to say this, but we can just look back maybe last week, and there was a shooting, what, in, in uh, Florida, I believe, with the YouTube headquarters. I posted a link about that. Y'all ain't woke. All right. But anyway, yeah, there was a YouTube shooting at the YouTube headquarters or whatever, right? And, you know, maybe you could, you could uh, was it the Florida State, I think? So you could change your flag to, like, the, the Florida State flag and be like, oh, you know, sending prayers and hearts and kisses to, like, the Florida, you know, inhabitants and all that stuff, right? But then on your way to work, you, you, you cut somebody off, you, you walk past a homeless person, you know, you, you, you tell your mom you hate them or whatever. You know, you do all this bogus nonsense. It's like, stop acting like you actually care. You, you, you really don't. You're just trying to make yourself, you're deceiving yourself, right? Because you're powerless. You're powerless towards your selfish ambition, your prideful self. Amen? You're powerless towards it. But God, when you accept him into your heart, he gives you power to love people. He gives you, and we're going to learn about love next week, but he gives you power and the ability to feel. 
The Bible says in the last days, the heart, the, the love of many will grow cold. As we get closer and closer, right, people make movies about it, the apocalypse and all that stuff. Guys, as we get closer to the end and it all is winding down, people are going to get worse and worse and worse. They're going to get progressively colder, progressively harder. You could have a whole huge fight in the middle of the street and nobody would try and stop it. And nobody would care to stop it. All they would want to do is hope that they can get to work on time or hope that they don't get you know, socked in the face themselves. They don't care what that person went through. They don't care if that person has a dad or a father in their life. They don't care if that person was abused. They don't care if that person is hooked on crack or dope or whatever, right? And they just, they just want to do their own thing. See, guys, it's powerlessness. But see, when Christ comes into your heart, you now can feel again. Because he gives the power. He supplies you. You don't supply you. You don't give yourself power to be a good person. You don't give yourself power to be a moral person or a, or a nice guy or girl. No, no, no. You, you can't do that on your own. It, it's Jesus. He's the one who gives it to you. He's the one who helps you. Oh, well, I'm feeling weak, you know, Lawrence. I'm feeling weak, Ashley. I'm feeling weak, you know, uh, Karina, whatever, man. I had a rough week. You know, uh, people are just talking about me. It's, it's rough, and I just had to sock them in the face, or I had to throw this gossip and this shade on, on, on Snapchat and, and post some stuff and some bogus pictures about them because you don't understand. That's what they deserve and blah, blah, blah. Guys, you know what? In those weak moments that you have, you need to rely on the Holy Spirit. You need to rely on his power. Stop making excuses. doesn't say God gives us a spirit of weakness. doesn't say God gives us a spirit of excuses. That's how some of you act. All you have is excuses whenever we try and hold you accountable or try and encourage you. You just have excuse after excuse. But let me tell you what, when God shows up on the scene, he changes everything. doesn't matter your background. doesn't matter what happened to you when you were five. It doesn't matter. God changes everything. He gives you power. And you're made strong. And you can move forward. And you can press past the struggles of life. You can press past the disappointments. You can press past the breakup. You can press past the drama. You can press past the gossip, whatever it may be. God will supply the strength for you. And the Holy Spirit understands. The Holy Spirit is an understanding God. We all know what that word means, right? Understand. You unload to somebody about everything that's happened to you, and they're just kind of listening. They're like, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, well, well God's listening to you. He'll, he'll hear you out. He's willing to talk. In the Old Testament, he was even willing to reason with a bunch of backslidden Jewish people, Israelites. He said, let's reason together. Let's, let's talk it out. God doesn't mind talking it out with you. He doesn't mind, you know, he'll understand. He, he, he's willing to meet with you wherever you're at. But you have to come to him. And you have to ask him, Lord, help me. The Bible says that he sympathizes with us and with our weakness because he was, he, was, he was fully God, but he was also fully man. So he understands what a man, what feeling, you know, the, the, the feeling of being a human being is like. He understands what it's like, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. He knows what it's like to be on this earth and to go through a bunch of stuff. And he, and he sympathizes with what you've been through. And he's willing to help you. That's why one of the names for the Holy Spirit is helper. That, that's literally a name in the Bible. It says the helper will come to you. It's talking about the Holy Spirit. So God is a helper. Show me where that's in the, in the Quran. Show me where, where you can find a helper, right, where God is the helper or the counselor in, in another religion. 
Let me tell you what, guys. Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, God in the Bible, that's the only God that will counsel you. That's the only God that's willing to help you. That's the only God that's willing to sympathize with you. That's the only God who's willing to understand. He helps you. He gives you strength, and he gives you power. So you don't have to go one more day feeling weak. You don't have to go one more day posting a status about how bogus your life is, about how hard it is. Oh, well, you don't understand. I'm going through so much, and I've seen it. I've seen tons of drama. I've seen tons of people go through all kinds of heartache. But you know what? It's, it's interesting. We just had a, an Easter service this past Sunday. We had a section of people who, well, we had a bunch of different testimonies. The first three that came up, some of you might know it, right? First three ladies that came up onto the stage testified about how they had cancer. They were diagnosed with cancer, guys. They had every quote-unquote reason on this earth, right, according to what? ABC, you know, the, the news, you know, MTV, whatever, rapper, right? They had every reason to be mad, to be a little upset, to kind of, you know, say, well, God, you know what? You, you did this to me. I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to worship you. I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to be angry. I'm just going to sit inside my house and not do anything because I have cancer. And trust me, I'm not trying to be insensitive to those who have cancer. Uh, I'm just saying that this is what they were saying up here on the stage. They were saying, hey, I love Jesus. They were saying, hey, I, I love God. I don't care that I'm going through this stuff right now because I know who my Savior is, and, and that's more important to me. See, what enabled them to do that? How did three women who, who were all at different stages in their life, who had cancer, who, who, who could have died, how, what, what enabled them to stand up here and say, hey, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I love Jesus. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm not bitter. It was the power of God. It was the Holy Spirit that even though they were going through so much turmoil, they leaned on God, on his power, and it uplifted them, and it held them up in their darkest moments. What's your excuse? Does anybody in here have cancer? If you do, don't get me wrong, but we'll pray for you. You can talk to them as well, but I'm just saying, I just think those three women just might have, you know, have it over all of you guys, okay? And then there was another group that came up. Um, one, one, one of the people that was sharing, they lost their their son, uh, uh, when, they were, when, when uh, him and his wife were pregnant, they lost their child uh, prematurely, I believe, or either it was something like that, along those lines. They basically lost their child while the child was a baby, right? Very heartbreaking. But guess what the words that came out of his mouth were? He said that in the hospital room, in the hospital room, when they just found out the news that their baby was dead, they felt the peace of God come in that room. And they started worshiping. Tell me how that makes sense. To, to try, try and figure that out with me. Your, your, your son just dies, and you're going to start worshiping God. And you feel the peace of God. Show, show me a, a, a prescription medicine that can do that. Okay. Show me a, a counselor who can counsel you out of that grief. Show me some kind of little formula that can explain that. See, none of it can explain. Only the power of God can explain it. Because the power of God can accomplish what we can't even imagine. But you have to lean on it. You have to ask for it. You have to give yourself over to it. God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He hasn't given you a spirit of timidity, but he's given you power. So I want to encourage you guys. I want to encourage you, elevate. Walk in that power. Live it out. Lean on it. 
Because the more you give yourself over to the power of the Holy Spirit, my friends, you'll have joy. You'll have peace. You won't be sad. You won't be depressed. You won't be suicidal. You won't be slandering others. You won't be known in your school for a bogus kid, okay? When you have the power of God on the inside of you, you can go above those things and accomplish again what you can't even fathom, what you can't even imagine. You might say to yourself, man, I could never imagine myself any different than I am now. I've always, I've always struggled with this. I've always been this way. I've always had these issues in my heart and in my life and in my mind. But guess what? The power of God can change all of that. The power of God can do what you, what, what you could never even think of on your own. It's available for you today. If you can go, Oscar, to, uh, let me see here. Colossians 2, 14 through 15. Colossians 2, 14 through 15. I'm going to go ahead and read it out here. It says, Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the what? Having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them, triumphing over them by the cross. See, what this verse is talking about here is all the sin that we were under, that we were powerless on our own ability to overcome. The sin that ravaged our life, that destroyed everything, that destroys marriages, that destroys neighborhoods, the sin that, that destroys schools, okay? God says, I've disarmed those powers. If you accept Christ into your heart, God will disarm the power of sin in your own life. And you will not be powerless anymore. You might say to yourself, I, you know, again, that, that you don't understand that the sin that I'm dealing with, it's so hard, it's so powerful. Well, guess what? God, when he died on the cross, he destroyed that power over your life. You can be free. Guess what? When you receive the power of God, it frees you. It brings freedom. Maybe you could never see yourself dancing on the stage or dancing off the stage, wherever, just worshiping God like that. Well, guess what? The power of God will, will set you free. It'll set you free from the fear of man. It'll set you free from, oh, well, what's my friend thinking? Or what's this person thinking? Or, oh, I, I got to do it for so-and-so. God will set you free from that. Because when you have the power of God on the inside of you, it destroys every other power that might have a hold on your life. That's why we have no excuse, because Christ destroyed, disarmed every power out there. What are you dealing with? What are you struggling with? What do you face? What are the demons that you face when you go home, when you go to school, when you're with your friends? What is it that, that, that you struggle with or whatever, right? Guess what? God destroyed the power of those things in your life. You can be free. You don't have to be chained to that because God is more powerful. It says he triumphed over them by the cross. Oscar, if you can then turn to, whoo. amen. See, that's why I don't like using paper. Just wanted to use it today, though. Um, let's see. Uh, turn to Colossians 1.29. Bible talks a lot about power, and I just wanted to make sure we get, I'm telling you, there's so many verses out there. I couldn't even fit them all on this paper, um, I mean, because there's just so much. But uh, I just wanted to give you guys a glimpse of what the Bible says about the power of God. There's just plenty of stuff out there. Colossians 1.29 says, To this end I strenuously contend with all the energy uh, Christ so powerfully works in me. Basically, here's, here's, here's what Paul is saying in this letter uh, to the Colossians. He's saying that all the energy, all the work that I'm doing for God, 
everything that I'm doing for the church, maybe this might not apply to some of you, but it might apply to those in ministry or those who come to church or whatever. You think it's hard to pray. You think it's boring, whatever. Hey, guess what? God, the Holy Spirit, he gives you the, the energy. He motivates you to live for Jesus. Paul doesn't say, I, you know, energize and, and strengthen and motivate myself. He says, no, it's the energy that Christ so powerfully works in me. Well, I don't feel like evangelizing. Well, I don't feel like talking to this person about Jesus. I don't, I don't feel like going up to this depressed kid and, and telling them that God can change your life. Right? I don't feel that. Well, guess what? It's not about what you feel. It's about Christ's energy coming in you, working so powerfully through you. Because when you work with the power of God on the inside of your life, I'm telling you, you only go forward. You only move forward. You only progress in your life and in your walk with Christ. But it's through his energy. That's why at the beginning I said, power does not come from you. You have no power. You are powerless. The energy and the power comes from Christ. That's how you live holy. That's how you evangelize. That, that's what motivates you. That's what propels you forward. Amen. Another verse here, Ephesians 3.20. Ephesians 3.20. You got that one, Oscar? If you don't have that one, you could turn to Ephesians 1.9 if that's easier, if that's already there. There we go. <laughs> Amen. Uh, it says this. It says, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. What? That's not it. Maybe. Okay, well, that's. Oh, well, okay, there we go. Um, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his what? That is at work within who? Amen. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than what we could even ask or imagine. Through the power that's at work inside of you. Guess what, guys? If you're a Christian, if you, if, if you are born again, if you have Jesus on the inside of you, his power is working within you right now. You have the power of God on the inside of you. Must I say this again? Guys, what is your excuse? The power of Christ is on the inside of you. Working, in, 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 working within your heart, giving you the energy and the motivation. Don't silence it. Don't put it off. Surrender to it. Let God use you in mighty ways. Another powerful verse, 1 Peter 1.5. Another thing that God's power does for us, it says, Who through faith are shielded by God's what? God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Here, here, here we find that God's power acts as a what? As a shield. Amen. You guys had to think about that? Oh, shield. Amen. Who through faith are shielded by God's power. Guess what? God's power protects you. His power protects you from sin, protects you from rejection, protects you from loneliness, protects you from depression, protects your mind from suicidal thoughts. God's power shields you. And protects you. God's power will never let you be hurt. Because even, even when you feel like you are hurt, you can come to him and his power will heal you instantly. You might say to yourself, man, you don't, you don't, again, you don't know what I've been through. I've been through so much. I've been hurt by people. I, I just, I have a lot of bad memories of all these different stuff. Hey, guys, I, I'm, I'm not saying that you don't or you do. I, what I'm saying is God can take care of that. Either he's real or he's not, guys. Where, where, where are you at in, in, your, in your thought process right now? Is God real? Okay, then if he's real, then he can heal you. He can protect you. He can shield you. His power can transform your life. If he's not real, then okay, why are you here? Plain and simple. 
If God is real, guys, which God is real? God is real. He can transform you. He can do whatever it is in your life that you need him to do. He will shield you. He will protect you. He protects your heart. He watches over you. His power acts as a shield. 1 Corinthians 4.20, another verse. I'm about to close up here. Daryl, you can come up uh, onto the keys. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of, whoo, come on, somebody. Know anybody that just does a lot of talking? Come on. <laughs> All I do is talk. They don't really show any action. They don't really show any, you know, they, they don't do what they're talking about. What is it? All talk, no, uh, no action, no, yeah, no show. All that stuff, right? Point in case, they, 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 they use their words all they want, but in the end of, at the end of the day, their life doesn't match with what they're saying because they're choosing another path. They're, they're not doing it. They're not acting out on what they're saying. Their words are empty. And so God here is saying, hey, look, the kingdom of God, Christianity, church, right, the Bible, it's not just about saying a bunch of words. It's not just about coming to church. It's not just about singing songs on a screen. It's a matter of power. It's a matter of you being transformed in your life, living differently, being set free, being transformed in your mind and in your heart, in the way that you think, in the way that you see people, in the words that you use. It's not a matter of talk. It's a matter of power. One last verse, Acts 1.8. You guys know I couldn't not squeeze in just a verse from Acts. That book is awesome. Acts 1, verse 8, it says, but you will receive what? Come on, somebody. This is the last verse. You guys got to be into it, okay? Acts 1, 8, you will receive when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my what? Witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You see, guys, when we receive the power of God, here's another thing it does for us. It makes us witnesses of Jesus. Makes us witnesses of who he is, of who God is. Witnesses that will go to the ends of the earth that will witness to the nations of who God is, that he transformed my life, that he did a work inside of me, that he changed me, that he healed me, that he restored me. God's power makes you a witness. Ever seen court TV shows where they call up a witness to the stand? They say, hey, is, is this guy guilty? Did he do it? Did he kill the guy? Did he do the murder? Did he, did he steal the money? Whatever, right? And the person goes up there as a witness and says, yeah, that's the guy. Well, guess what? When we receive the power of the Holy Spirit, we're witnesses. And we say, yes, this is the one. Jesus set me free. Jesus transformed my life. Jesus healed me. He restored me. You're a witness now, and you can point to Christ wherever you go. Chicago, Texas, California, Puerto Rico, Mexico, China, Russia, to the ends of the earth, it doesn't matter. You're a witness when you have the power of God. Let's all uh, stand up. Amen. I got a very simple question for you guys tonight. Might have to think about it twice, I don't know, but it's up to you. You can do whatever you want with it. But does anybody want the power of God? I'm going to open up the altars in a moment. I'm going to have my altar workers, uh, you know who you are, your uh, altar workers can come up now. Very simple altar call. You might say to yourself, I feel powerless. 
I feel like I'm being controlled by whatever desire or emotion I have every single day. I feel like I have no authority in my life. I feel like I can't, I can't, I, I just can't change things in my life no matter how hard I try. You might say to yourself, man, you know, I, I, I've been hurt by people. There's wounds in my life, right? Because we just learned that the Holy Spirit, His power protects us. His power transforms us. So, so whatever it may look for you, whether you, you've, you feel powerless, you feel weak, you need more strength in God, you, you've been hurt in your heart and, and in past experiences, whatever it may be, guys, the power of God is here tonight at these altars for you. And when you come up, guys, I want you to be real about it. I want you to be serious and say, God, fill me up with your power right now so that I can be made whole, so that I can be a witness, God, so that I can be shielded, God, so that I can be filled with your power, Lord God, not of fear, God, not of all these other things, but God, so that I can have power to walk this Christian life out. Maybe you've never given your life to the Lord at all. Maybe this is all still new to you. Well, here, come up to these altar workers and pray with them and say, man, you know what? I want to give my life over to Jesus Christ. I don't know what this guy is talking about exactly, but, but you know what? It, it kind of made sense. I'm living this lifestyle that I know I shouldn't be living. I want that to change. I, can't, I know I can't do it on my own. I need the power of God. Guys, come up. Amen. So if all, we can all bow our heads and close our eyes, before I, just wanna, before I open up these altars, let's just say a prayer right now. Holy Spirit, we invite you in this place. You don't have to repeat after me. Holy Spirit, I just ask you that you would move in this place, God, that you would touch each and every heart here. Even now, I just want to encourage you guys, just pray on your own. Pray on your own, right where you're at. You don't need me to pray. You don't need a pastor to pray with you. you. You can pray to God right now. The Holy Spirit's here. You can talk to him on your own right there in your seat. Before you come up here, guys, talk to him. He's, he's here. He's listening. He wants to talk to you. He wants to help you. So Holy Spirit, God, we, 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 we make room for you in this place right now, God. We're asking that your power would come. God, we're tired of hearing, God, how the devil's doing all of this insanity in the, in the world, God, in our schools, in our culture, God, shootings, Lord, God, drug addiction, God, uh, Lord, all of this insanity, God, fatherlessness, God, broken homes, Lord, God, adultery, all of these things, God, we want to see it brought to an end, God, we want to see your power release, God, so that people won't be powerless anymore, God, to sin, but that they'll be able to be filled and be transformed and stand strong in who God is and who God's called them to be. Holy Spirit, come right now. Just a few more seconds, guys, just a few more moments. Just ask the Holy Spirit to fill you up right where you're at. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Maybe some of the leaders, just start speaking in tongues. Let's just create an atmosphere for the power of God to move freely. Holy Spirit, come God with your power right now. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stephanie, if you can come up to the mic. We're going to worship on the stage. But